Welcome to the PK Experience. My name is Peter King. I'm the host of the show. And today I sit down with Josiah Novak. Josiah is the owner of a business called True Transformation. And he uses fitness to transform people's lives at an emotional and psychological level. uh, And obviously on a physical level as well. Which is why I wanted to bring this interview to you today. Uh, because of this unique approach. Um, Josiah's backstory is very inspirational. He's overcome a lot of uh, unique challenges and uh, has just an incredibly inspiring way that he's going about helping other people with transforming their lives and transforming their fitness. So there really isn't much more backstory that I need to give you for this. And so with that, we will just dive right into the call. Here it is with Josiah Novak. Josiah, welcome to the call, man. Thank you, uh, thank you for taking some time out today. I appreciate it. Um, you and I met uh, a few months ago in where was that? Uh, that was in uh, Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yep. Yeah. So uh, there's another sort of online men's movement that we're a part of, the uh, Order of Men, uh, Order of Man um, movement uh, podcast, etc. And, and so we got connected there and. Uh, you were one of the, the side speakers uh, for the afternoon that I had the pleasure of listening to. And, and, you know, really, frankly, ever since then, I was like, man, this your story is uh, just really powerful. And, uh, would, you know, I just want to share that with, with my audience and whoever else wants to hear about it. So first and foremost, you're, you're, how do you position yourself? You're a physical trainer? What, what's your, how, do you, how do you tell people what you do? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I I run an online health and fitness coaching uh, company that helps men uh, around the world utilize the power of health and fitness to transform their entire life. Uh, And so I started out as a personal trainer, but over the years um, have transformed myself into a full-blown coach because I found that health and fitness isn't just about you know training and and eating right. It's really about how we live our lives. Um, and the discipline and the commitment and just the power that we can tap into by improving our physical well-being uh, and the lessons that we learn through that process and how that can change every aspect that we actually really care about in our lives, whether it's our relationships, our businesses, our careers, our, our relationship with our kids, all those big areas, those big uh, rocks, if you will, in our life, those things can be moved and changed and improved dramatically just by utilizing the lessons that we learned through fitness. So I've become more of a robust uh, and more well-rounded coach over the years, but that's, that's in a nutshell what I do now. My favorite coaches are the ones that utilize their expertise to, to address the deeper transformation. So what, um, what I mean by that is, is there's a lot of people out there who do physical training and they're, they're very focused on, you know, counting calories and focused on what you're putting in your body and the type of, you know, training, physical training that you're doing. But what you're really talking about is utilizing the, the discipline and the growth and character that it takes to achieve a better physical body to address the deeper core issues of how to transform as a human being, which then, of course, affects everybody, you know, every other part of one's life, which is which is really cool and which is part of the reason why I wanted to, to talk to you a little bit further. Um, tell tell the listeners a little bit about your story and where you came from and how you got into this, because that to me is, is pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, so as a kid, 
I always looked at my father as someone I wanted to be right now. This is as a little kid, like, you know, three, five, six years old. Um, but I never had a close relationship with my dad. And a big reason for that was because he was very abusive. Um, he was a, a physical specimen for sure. I mean, he would run marathons, he would lift weights, you know, he was constantly working out. And, uh, I saw this, this guy that I was just super, super intimidated by and afraid of, but also at the same time, kind of wanting to be that way, like this physically strong presence. Um, but as I grew up and developed a really horrible relationship with my dad, it, it, it became more of a, uh, you know, a, a way for me to protect myself from my dad. Mm-hmm. I was abused physically, uh, mentally, verbally, you name it. It was an abusive household. My parents were always at odds. And so right around like going into puberty, I would say, which I'm sure is relatable for a lot of guys listening, but you go into puberty and you kind of have this like shift from, okay, I want to be like, I want to be, you know, whatever, a doctor, uh, a superhero, whatever, (laughs) to like, I want to just be like comfortable in my own skin for once, right? Like, (laughs) and so for me, I was not, uh, I was not socially healthy. I, I was intimidated by like anybody who was an alpha male. And it came from the fact that my dad had this presence in my house that when he was home, I was always walking on eggshells. I was afraid of like getting in trouble. I was afraid to ask him for anything. It was a really tough thing. So, did, was he, I, did, did he drink at all? Was he a? Yeah, oh yeah, he's a functioning alcoholic actually. Okay. Um, okay. Big time drinker. You know, cases of beer were like just blown through on a on a weekly basis. And so, I remember actually <laughs> one of the things I got in big trouble for this is a funny kind of a funny story, but. I was probably like 12 or 13 and my dad was big on work, right? He, that is one good thing that he definitely instilled in me was working for whatever I wanted. And he had this thing like he wouldn't even let me go do anything fun uh, without doing a list of things around the house. And so one of the things I had to do on every Saturday in the summertime was mow my lawn. Totally normal for a kid. I'll have my kids, my little boys do the same thing, right? But I wasn't even allowed to like leave the house unless the lawn was mowed. So I would get up, I would mow the lawn, and my friends at the time were like, hey, dude, like, you know, let's go surfing or let's go play sports or whatever. And I was like, well, I got to go mow my lawn first. And so I started to develop this like resentment because <laughs> all my friends had like this like no chores policy on the weekends. It was like, go have fun. Um, and so I was afraid of my dad, right? So I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not do this. But the way I started to rebel was I started to go into his stash is what he called it, where he had a whole fridge, literally bought a, a light, like a normal size fridge that was in our garage that was literally just alcohol. Like it was just alcohol. And so I w- he had so much of it <laughs> that I would sneak in before I mowed the lawn and I would chug a beer <laughs> when I was like yeah. 11 or 12. Yeah. And I remember like, it, it just felt good, not, I mean, it felt good, yeah, because I was probably buzzed, right? But it felt good to have some power back, at least in my mind, over my dad. Like, oh, you don't even know, but I'm drinking one of your beers, right? Yeah. Um, and so I, he caught me actually one time. <laughs> he caught a, he, he found a couple empty uh, Budweiser cans uh, behind our house. I was an idiot. I didn't dispose of them properly, but um, he was like, what are these? I didn't throw these back here. And then he put two and two together and I was getting my ass kicked after that. But anyway, so I, I say all that because what I ended up really focusing in on was my physical strength because of the physical abuse that my dad would instill. You know, if I got in trouble, he would grab me by, you know, whatever body part and drag me through the house. And it was, 
it was scary and I never felt strong. And so going from wanting to be like my dad in a physical sense to wanting to beat up my dad was the process that happened right around age 13 when I went to the gym for the first time. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is my ticket to getting stronger, getting more confident. Girls might notice me finally. Guys I play sports with might start to respect me more. And I fell in love with it, man. Like at that moment, that was like it. That was like walking into heaven's gates. Mm. So did you ever, was there ever a point when you describe, I'm sure there was a point where you developed the strength uh, and and where you started to push back. Was there a moment with your dad where you said, I'm not taking this anymore? You know, God has a way of like, um, and I won't get too religious here, but like, I do believe there are moments in our life where potential disasters are completely avoided. And it's like, just by the grace of God, that things happen the way they do. And what ended up occurring was my dad and mom got divorced when I was uh, 13. Mm. Officially, they had probably, that was coming for a long time, but they officially separated and my dad moved out when I was uh, about 13 or 14. And, uh, I was starting to gain a lot of physical strength right around like 14 or 15. Uh, my body started to change dramatically. Uh, people were noticing like, wow, you've gotten a lot bigger, a lot stronger. And I started to move weight in the gym and I was getting really, really confident. And I remember thinking to myself, if my dad ever tries to touch me again, I'm going to just as hard as I can, I'm gonna hit him in the face. Now that would have been a big mistake. Mm. Obviously, number one, because, you know, physical confrontations and things like that, I mean, never end up going well. Uh, but second of all, my dad would have probably killed me because he's trained to, you know, he's, he's basically like an MMA fighter. Like he knows every possible way to get somebody down. Um, and that would have been a disaster for me. And I would have probably gotten seriously hurt. And it would have just been terrible. And so, uh, my dad moving out basically put us uh, apart from each other for life. Like I haven't since those days where he moved out, I haven't really had much interaction with him, um, and that's a good thing, right? So, there uh, was ever since you were thirteen, uh, about fourteen, fifteen. Like there was kind of like uh, so. I have five younger brothers and sisters, three sisters and two brothers, and uh, my dad has a really good rela- Well, I say really good, but a better relationship with the girls in my family for whatever reason. And a horrible relationship with the boys, but he would still take some of the younger kids um, as shared custody. So we would still kind of run into each other uh, on a semi-regular basis, you know, during my high school years. Um, But then after I moved away for college, I've had like, you know, a handful of interactions with him over the past, you know, 18 years or whatever. Uh, Fascinating. I mean, one of the common themes that we talked about when we were out in Kansas City uh, and, you know, it's obviously coming up right now in this call is that father son relationship and how mm-hmm. for so many guys that there's an absent relationship there, whether it's been, you know, like in your situation, very abusive. Uh, in my situation, my father was working all the time. I very rarely saw him um, ended up coming out of the closet many years later once I was a young adult. Um, and so I, I think there's. I think there's an opportunity to to try to repair some of those relationships, which it sounds like, you know, you're in the process of that. At least I am um, on a much better place. You know, my father and I are in a much better place now. In fact, I just did a podcast call with him the other day. Mm. Um, But uh, it's 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 interesting for anybody that's listening. That relationship, that father son relationship is just uh, I would say it's on critical levels right now as a society. 
And uh, I just really honor the fact that you, you've taken uh, a lemon and not only have you turned it into lemonade, but you, you've been able to find that balance where most people that I've seen that's been in your shoes who have dealt with severe abuse either um, perpetuate it and, and continue to, to you know, they, they get strong, but then they don't know, they have sort of that ingrained behavior and they continue to do it, or they become really, really weak and want to distance themselves from that identity altogether and just totally, you know, turn into weak weakness, you know? So your ability to, to get strong, but then to stay balanced is really admirable. And, and, and again, another reason why I wanted to talk to you, but yeah, well, you know, I, I, I just want to stop and say real quick, you know, at the end of the day, um, as much as, you know, and, and this is like one of the issues that I, I talk about all the time in, in, in today's world is we have this like social media where we see like the best of the best, you know, the highlights that everybody puts out, right? And so I just want to make it clear for anybody listening. Um, yeah, I've come a long way from those horrendous days um, and my path could have definitely been a darker one. But this is not me sitting here saying I've got it all figured out by any means, right? Um, and I'm sure we'll get into this. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, one thing I am extremely passionate about more so than fitness um, is becoming a, a better dad and a better father to my little boys, right? God gave me what I consider to be a second chance or maybe not a second chance necessarily, but a, a chance to uh, change the script, right? Split the script, Um because there's a whole history of abuse on both sides of my family, my mom and my dad, um, from the father, right? Father abuse and whether it was mental, physical, whatever. In my situation now, I have an opportunity to impact two little boys. Um, and I get emotional when I talk about this, man. But, uh, man, um, I get the opportunity, man, to <laughs> – change history <laughs> sorry man i this is something i'm i'm extremely passionate about uh, well fitness is fitness is just a, a way for me to deliver uh help to people who need something that i needed even at that early age right i needed something to grasp onto just to improve my situation and so now you know i look at the opportunity with my my two boys and I go, man, like my, you know, if nothing else, right? Like if nothing else, I don't care if my business implodes, right? Like if nothing else, I just want to create something for them, right? Um, something so they have uh, a loving, but also like extremely growth focused, help focused, um, positive environment to where they don't feel like they don't have that male figure to lead them, you know, through life's challenges. Cause we all have those challenges. And there was many moments over the past, you know, 16 years that I could have really used my dad, right. If, he, if it had been a healthy relationship, I could have really used that father figure. Um, and so, yeah, well, and I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, man, but you know, it's just, it's something I'm super, super passionate about now, way more than fitness. Fitness is my skill but it's just the way i deliver this deeper message absolutely yeah that's what i was mentioning earlier um and i noticed when when you did give that talk out in kansas city that i was a part of um and you started to share this story and, and you were a little bit raw then as well like that that was such a compelling message because it's fairly rare to hear that from men in our culture today who are who are 
you know, achieving uh, a high standard, um, who have discipline, who have strength, who are clearly masculine, and yet they're courageous enough and strong enough to open up a little bit and say it's been tough, you know, and and there's emotions in there, and there's you know there's a lot of men who, frankly, just don't have the balls to 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 express that. So you know, I think on that level, it's it's really admirable that you're doing that, and obviously, of course, like you said, flipping the script and creating some structure and and protection and safety for your young boys so that they can grow up to be healthy strong anchored men and and to stop the abuse and that's fucking powerful really powerful yeah it's it's incredible i look around um and you know here we hear about these these tragedies that happen from these boys um and truthfully they're boys whether they're over 18 or not they're boys because they don't have a sense of what it means to be a man. And I don't want to, I don't want to harp on the order of man message, but it's so fucking true, right? Like if you look at like the shootings that have happened recently, I don't give a rat's ass if it was a gun or a knife or a club or whatever the weapon of choice was, you know, it it was, or a van, right? Or I mean, Jesus, it could have been their bare hands. It's the fact that these people are doing something and 99% of the time, that's something that they're doing is due to the fact that they don't have a father figure in their life. I, and it's and it's like it's almost like the media doesn't even want to address that. When I've done my research and I'm like, I immediately go, well, you know, the kid who shot the, the, the school in Florida or wherever, I think it was Florida. You know, if I, if I go and I, I do my own research, I realize this kid didn't have a dad. Like he was adopted. And then it was just a mom, and it was like this whole spiral of these like these 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 people in his life that have no fatherhood presence, and it just boggles my mind. But then I start to think, well, it makes total fucking sense. Yeah. Like it makes so much sense if you don't have, especially as a young boy and, and young girls too, like totally same deal, right? The father figure is such an underrated thing right now. Um, there's there's obviously the same level of need for a mother, but it seems like the dads are so quick to disappear. Um, and it's just such a, a, such a problem that we have. And so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm a hundred percent invested in, in trying to make that, a uh, you know, trying to help the, the, the big need that is out there in that, in that area. Absolutely, man. And, and, I, you and I are, you know, we talked about this back in Kansas city, but we are obviously very, very much on that same page. Um, you know, young boys, uh, and especially, obviously, once they hit puberty, are they're just infused with testosterone, and that fire and that aggression is right now being unchanneled. And um, and again, just not to not to continue to <laughs> pat you on the back, or whatever. But like the ability that you had to to take that aggression and not be destructive with it, or to not uh, alienate yourself from it. Um, but to then find that balance with, with that, well, actually, let me ask you, did you have a father figure or some type of mentor to help say, Hey, you know, here's, here's a way to rechannel this or here's a different path. So I, I, I didn't, um, for a long time and, and I had a lot of destructive behaviors. You know, I, um, part of the reason why I'm, I'm passionate about fitness is because I went through such a physical transformation. You know, I, I, uh, turned to a lot of unhealthy behaviors to kind of cure or, or try to cure this emotional need that I had, this emptiness that I had inside. I turned to alcohol myself for a period of time. I turned to drugs. I turned to food. Food was probably my number one drug um, that I utilized for a very long time. To Which, kinda... I have to interrupt you because yeah. that to me is so fascinating because anybody that's seen a picture of you, you're like, a... <laughs> you look like 
you know, like you should be on the front cover of 300 movie poster or something like that. How, how big were you when you were at your biggest or how out of shape were you? So I, at my biggest, I was 280 pounds. Um, and about 85 of those pounds were, were fat. Wow. Um, you know, I don't even know how I let myself, I mean, I know how it happened, but I, I don't know how I ignored, uh, the problem for so long. But, you know, once again, and this is why I have so much empathy for a lot of people is that oftentimes you just don't even see it happening. You're so caught up in your own pain, um, and your own just like turmoil and stress and all the things in life that just don't seem to be going your way. And you start to think, man, my childhood sucked. Uh, you know, now I'm, I'm socially not healthy. I don't, I can't seem to keep a girlfriend or I can't seem to find a, a wife or a husband or whatever. And my job sucks. And like all these things start to pile on and you don't even realize that you are destroying yourself in the inside out just by, you know, harming your health through nutrition and, or poor nutrition and, and poor workouts or poor activity, whatever it is. And you just don't see it happening. It's like that steady drip. And all of a sudden you have a flood and you're like, oh my gosh, like, mm. How did this even happen? And that was my story. Like it, it took you know a couple of years. Actually, to be honest, man, um, I never had good healthy eating habits because I grew up in a household that my mom, you know, by the time I was thirteen, she was basically responsible for eighty to ninety percent of the kids and six kids with one woman, dude. I mean, Jesus Christ! Like, <laughs> I, I have two little boys, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, I know. how I know. you did that. You're a miracle worker, but. <laughs> She turned most of the time, she'll admit this a lot of times just to convenience, right? So it was like fish sticks and, you know, whatever she could throw in the microwave and give six kids that were hungry. And so I had poor eating habits from a very early age. Luckily for me, during most of my childhood, I was very active in sports. So I was able to keep off any unhealthy weight. But once I reached college and then after college where I was trying to start a business for the first time and I was sitting around a lot. Man, it started to pile on quick. You know, that freshman fifteen, that sophomore thirty, <laughs> like whatever it is. Um, you know, next thing you know, like from college till you know a couple years after college, I had progressively gained about fifteen or twenty pounds a year. Mm. So you just don't even realize it, and all of a sudden you look in the mirror and you're like, "Oh my goodness!" Like, who am I? You know. Um, so so what yeah. Was, what What was your pivot point? What 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 was it that? put you on a different path towards health and fitness? Um, well, it was a period in my life where I, I tried to start a business um, right in 2008. Once again, uh, looking back, uh, just didn't have guidance, didn't have you know somebody, a mentor to reach out to and say, should I do this? I, I was doing things. Here's the, fun, here's the really crazy part. Once again, I made a decision around something that I thought was going to make me a man. Mm -hmm. Okay, I thought it was going to turn me into a strong dude that had his shit together because I wanted to be that because I didn't have that in my life from a, from a father. I didn't have that in my, in, from my internal thoughts. And so I turned to uh, financial planning because I thought like being a, a Wall Street guy or an investment guy was like a strong figure, someone who had a lot of confidence, right? Like, okay, the fitness thing is cool, but like now I need money. Like I want to be rich, right? And so I started this business with like, I think I watched like Boiler Room <laughs> once, once too many times. And uh, I, I said, you know what, man, I'm going to have that Lamborghini. And so I started this, this business and I was influenced actually at the time. And this is something that I don't, I haven't really talked about a lot, but I was influenced by 
by a guy or a couple guys who, to be honest, were, were snakes. They saw an opportunity to bring a kid in who was hungry, who had a lot of motivation, a lot of drive to be successful. And they manipulated me and said, you can invest X, you know, your savings that you admit that you had, the little savings that you have, you can start your own business at a time where it was a horrible time to be in the financial market. The market was crashing 2008, 2009. And uh, who wants to invest all their money with a 22 year old kid uh, with no Rolodex and all this other stuff? So it, it fell flat on its face. But I was once again chasing this ideal that I had in my head of mm -hmm. what a, a true you know, badass dude looks like. So you asked about the turning point. So I lost this business and now I'm 80 pounds overweight and I'm sitting around. I lost a girlfriend. I was dating an older woman actually for a period of time. Not too, not too much older, <laughs> but older than me to the point where she had a little bit more maturity than me. She saw something in me, but once again, it was me trying to be this man that I wanted to be so freaking bad. Of course, the relationship didn't work out. I wasn't a man yet. I was like a freaking kid trying to live in a man's world. And I sat on my bed and I can, I actually seriously contemplated suicide. Um, I sat there and I said, you know what? I have no money. I have no girlfriend. I'm losing my, my possessions cause I had to sell them to get money. Um, I have no body anymore. I have no fitness. Like I'm a total piece of shit. Um, and I remember words that my dad had told me many times. If you don't, you know, join the military, if you don't be a military man, you're a loser. Right, you're going to be a loser for the rest of your life. And I started thinking, man, my dad was right. Even though he's an asshole, he was right. You know, I should have joined the military. Like, I don't have this figured out. I should just end it all because I'm not really helping anybody. And I started thinking about like how I would do it. Um, you know, when I take pills, my sister had tried to commit suicide when I was in high school. Luckily, it was unsuccessful. But she had taken like a whole bottle of Tylenol, and I was like, maybe I could just do that. Um, I didn't have access to a gun at the time, so I was like, I can't shoot myself. Um, plus I was too chicken shit to do it anyway. Um, but funny enough, I, I actually had a moment where I was surfing the internet for a job and I saw this guy on YouTube, uh, named Greg Plitt. And this dude was like ripped as hell, former military guy, badass, like, and all of his videos were like, he was this fitness guy, but all of his videos were about life. Hmm. It was like, get up early because you know, you want to start before the sun rises. And like, it was the first time I'd ever like heard motivational talks. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, man. Like, this is like something I need to hear. You know, this is, he's like speaking directly to me. So I joined his membership site for like, it was like 30 bucks or something. I had like, you know, a hundred bucks to my name, but I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. Um, started like going back to the gym, uh, just to like, just do something. Cause this guy like fired me up and I was like, you know, worst case scenario, like, let me just try to get ripped again. Like that's the, that's the one thing I can try to focus on. Um, and I won't say that it was like this overnight magical, like, okay, I don't want to kill myself anymore. I'm happy again. No, it was like, man, like, let me find a job. Okay. I got a job. All right. Let me go back to the gym. Okay. I've been to the gym twice this week. That's cool. Um, and I started to gain a little bit of momentum. The real changing point though, was when I walked into the gym this one day, I ran into some people that I had known from the gym that I, you know, that I'd gone to for a period of time. And they were like, dude, like, where have you been, man? We haven't seen you. Like you were so into fitness for, you know, like working out and all this stuff. Like you were, you were really into it and you had some really good ideas and like, haven't seen you in forever. Like, how have you been? And I realized like people actually associated me with this whole fitness thing. Hmm. And it made me think, wow, I actually potentially have 
some value in this world. Um, and I want to pursue that in some sort of way. I didn't know what I wanted to do at the time. I just knew that I wanted to do something with fitness. I had gotten a job in sales and marketing and uh, I was you know, making a, a steady paycheck every two weeks. So I was trying to get my life back together. But I knew in my mind fitness is something I want to do. I just didn't know how it was going to work yet. But I was like, once I'm back in shape, I'm totally going all in on this. Um, and I did, and, and, but it was a journey, man. It was, you know, it was a, a half a decade journey. One of the things that you told me when we were in Kansas city, as you were sharing this story was that fitness was the one thing that you had with an immediate control. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't control your finances, your relationships couldn't necessarily control, but you could get up this very second and go out for a run. And I, I love that empowerment and it's, and, and it's true. It's obviously true. Like the, the physical side of it is always within your direct ability to to make an impact um, whether it's just literally to stand up i mean for some some people that might even be a challenge but getting sure. out and moving um i, I want to go back to something that you mentioned before and associated in this call i wasn't sure if we we're going to be talking about fitness the whole time or if it was going to kind of go down this path which to me is is you know even more interesting and i do want to get uh to some of the actual tangible fitness stuff here in a minute but i do want to ask you um you know, one of the latest uh, acts of terror that we've seen is it was up in Toronto. This, uh, the van, you know, ran off and, and killed several people. And the motivation, as I understand it now, was that the, the guy that ended up killing all these people was he identified himself as an incel, which is short mm. for involuntary celibate. So mm. he's dealing. He, he was a young guy dealing with you know, the inability to have a relationship. And you mentioned your own social anxiety. Um, talk me a little bit through that. Like what, sure. what was some of that social awkwardness and how did you overcome that? Dude, I still struggle with it, right? Um, I, I still struggle with social anxiety. Um, and, it, and I think it, it started from an early age where I was told, you know, all the time that I just wasn't good enough. Um, I was a bad kid. I was a piece of shit at times, right? When I talk back to my dad or something, um, I was always worried about what my dad was going to think or what my parents, cause my mom actually, and she'll, she'll admit this, you know, she, um, can you still see me? Yep. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> she'll, she'll admit this. She was just as I shouldn't say just as, but she was also abusive uh, because of the abuse that she was suffering. She was then turning to us and picking on us to kind of vent from the abuse that she was getting from my dad. And so, like I said, I had this environment which just made me go so intro introverted, right? Like I, from a very early age, can just remember the feeling of awkwardness around other people. I was always worried, are they going to find out like what my home is like, you know, are they going to find out what my dad does to me behind closed doors? Are they going to see me get in trouble? And so as I grew older and older, I always felt second tier, right? Like I always felt like a second class citizen. Like I wasn't as cool as a lot of the guys. Um, I didn't have the same sense of humor. Um, and, and I still have those feelings from time to time today. And I have to work through that. I have to, you know, once again, put in the work around these internal battles that I struggle with. But I see these guys like the one in Toronto and I think to myself, man, you know, um, that could have easily been me. Like that's my first thought, right? Like that could have been me if 
this the environment that I was in triggered something in my brain that was that was there, right? Whether it was nature nurture argument, whatever you want to call it, but it could trigger something in me to where I flip that crazy switch and I go off and I just fucking you know run over people because I'm so destroyed inside, right? Like I just don't feel anything anymore. I just feel, all I feel is pain, um, and that can and and like I said, so I I, I am disgusted by those things, but I'm also like so empathetic because I go, man, like that pain that dude must've been in like, because like, at the end of the day, like I truly believe that most human beings aren't born evil, right? Like I don't feel like we're born with this like desire to hurt people. I feel like we, we just want to be loved, but when we don't receive that love, then oftentimes these guys, you know, turn towards that aggressive anger and it's just, Oh man, like it, it, it really hurts um, to well, think it's- that. It's a way where if you're experiencing extreme disempowerment, it's it's obviously a very destructive uh, way to try to seize some control in your life. And you know whether it was you just cracking open the fridge and taking one of your beers, to, you know one of your dad's beers, to say, well, <laughs> "Fuck you!" Like I'm, right. I'm going to take some control back. Um, this is obviously a very extreme version of that. And you know, for anybody that's listening and. You know, I think it's totally appropriate for 99.9% of people in the world to go, fuck this guy and, you know, this, you know, what can we do to stop this and all that? But for a sliver of society to say, all right, being it is what it is, how do we, how do we solve that problem? And to actually go there and and you can only, I believe, genuinely start to find answers for that if you come to it from a level of, empathy to understand, well, what kind of pain was this person in to, you know, to, to do these things in the first place. And uh, again, you went to, and again, like uh, this idea of turning to physical fitness as a way to regain control and power in your life is, is, and can be literally life changing and, or, um, life altering for somebody who's dealing with a feeling of feeling so disempowered. Um, so I just want to totally emphasize that again, because I think that's such a powerful message for anybody who's feeling like it's out of their control. So let's go really quick back to your social anxiety with, especially with girls, because being that, that was the issue that, that caused this guy to, you know, do those horrific acts. And obviously not everybody's on that level, but there's certainly a lot of guys who are young and who are trying to figure that out. What, what advice can you give them or where were you in your sort of journey at that age and how did you find empowerment? Uh, obviously, you found it a little bit in the gym, but is there any other wisdom that you can share on that piece of it? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think that when I when I started to really see the the power of health and fitness, especially after um, you know I gained all that weight, and I I said, wow, I need to really get my life together. Um, I, I think it's such a an amazing tool that if you really pay attention to what it takes to get healthy and fit. You know the consistency, the the work ethic, the um, the patience, uh, the you know gratitude uh, for having the ability to get healthy and fit. Those things, those skills, those those traits um, translate really well to you being an attractive partner to the opposite sex. So then, when you are in a situation, what I started to notice is that you know um, number one, uh, nobody. First of all, nobody can take away your health and fitness, right? Nobody can walk up to you and grab your physical body or your, your health that you've created for yourself and take it from you, right? They can steal your money. They can steal your car, but they can't take your, 
your body and your fitness away, right? Um, so it's something that can't be bought. It's something that can't be stolen. And so that's such a powerful thing to have in your arsenal, not in an egotistical way, but as a way of saying like, hey, like I'm somebody who values work. I'm someone who values uh, you know, health. I'm someone who values uh, being good to myself because I truly believe, even if it's subconsciously, that when people look to partner with someone else, whether it's a marriage or a business or whatever, if they look at that person, that person's not taking care of themselves, there's this whether it's subconscious or conscious, this thought of, hmm, I wonder if that person can take care of me, right? Like, I wonder if that person is capable of taking care of someone else or something else because they can't even take care of themselves, right? Like, so when you're physically fit, and I, like I said, I don't mean like a macho guy who walks around like, you know, fucking, like he's <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Well, like I, he, let me interrupt you really quick because I was just yeah. going to say, you could actually take that too far to where, you know, I've, I've certainly met um, bodybuilders in the gym who physically, uh, obviously, communicate a certain level of discipline and mm-hmm. and a hard work ethic, but mentally, emotionally, they're timid, they're scared, they're frail. Sure. Um, and it's an it's an overprotection, perhaps, to what they experienced in their earlier childhood. So you're really addressing the mental aspect of it too, which I love. It's that mind body connection. So. Uh, go on. I, I apologize. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And, and funny, it's funny you mentioned that because um, I look at extremes as, you know, especially when it comes to fitness, um, there is a level of obsession that some people can fall into that is, once again, though, due to things in their life or areas in their life that they want to fill, right? They want to feel um, so fulfilled in certain areas because of a lacking in that area that they go to that extreme. Uh, and I've talked, you know, I have many bodybuilder friends and a lot of them will admit that, yeah, part of the reason they want to be so big and so jacked is because inside they feel so small, right? They feel so ins- insignificant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, but like, you know, for somebody who's out there that's like, man, I just, I don't know where to start. Um, I feel like I can't talk to anybody. I feel awkward. I can't find a girl or I can't find, you know, I, I feel weird at networking events or whatever it is like, um, if you go into the gym or if you work out or whatever you do with fitness or health, you start to take care of yourself. You start to build the confidence that I'm worth it, right? I'm, I'm someone worth taking care of. Like I said, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, you start to go, you know what? I'm checking the box here when it comes to taking care of me in order so that I can go out and take care of other people. I fill up my vessel first. I'm someone full of energy, passion, love, health, whatever, and now I'm ready to go out there and give people those energies, right? I'm ready to give someone a confident person. I'm ready to be there in a, in a situation, show up in a way that inspires people and shows them love and gratitude and things because I'm doing that for myself, right? And so I was missing that for a good chunk of my life. You know, I initially started out working out to kick my dad's ass. That's not healthy, right? Um, and then. Uh, when I was in college, I worked out just to get a pump before I go out and drink, right? Um, and then when I gained 80 pounds, I worked out to literally save my life. And then once I started to really fall in love with this this low-hanging fruit of fitness, um, then I did it to in order to be able to serve others, right? And that's what I do now. I, I train, yes, I love working out now. Like I, I truly do love it. It's like zen for me. It feels like meditation. Um, and I love the challenge and I love the competition that I have with myself. But I do it so that I can then show up in my kids' lives, in my wife's life, 
and my business and my friends, and I can give so much because I have then I have filled up my myself, right? And I'm able to take care of other people now, which I think is something that can be recognized from other people that say, wow, that person, man, they're, they're really happy. They're full of energy. They're healthy. I mean, it goes back to freaking caveman days, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about the movie 300, you know, like you see the guys walking around in Sparta and they're full of energy. They're confident. They're caring. They're also generous. Like these qualities are what people want, right? And other people, and it starts with taking care of your health. If you're not someone who's, you know, able to go, wow, you know, I should probably stop eating donuts and watching Netflix, you know, every day. Like, wh- how do you expect other people to go, like, wow, that person is like totally able to take care of me? Like, you know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense from a biological perspective. So, like, mm-hmm. we have to recognize that and say it starts with that. It's not everything. You don't need to be extreme. You don't need to do it for ego boosting purposes, but do it so that you can be the best version of you so that other people get that best version. Like that's the, that's what helped me. That's what helped me a ton, um, start to attract, uh, you know, a spouse, start to attract better friends, people who have, you know, were more positive, more, uh, you know, inspiring. And it's been a, it's been a continuous game changer for me, um, every single year. So let's let's dive in a little bit here into the actual tangible specifics of yeah, yeah. fitness. So we you know we've talked a lot about uh, the mental side of it, but when it comes directly to fitness, do you have any um, any suggestions on the mental side of uh, how to calibrate oneself for proper sure. physical fitness? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so I, I think it all starts with um, an understanding that. You know, we got to stop looking at fitness as a temporary journey, right? Like a temporary change. Um, this is something that fit, health and fitness should be part of your life in some capacity forever. Um, this doesn't mean you need to be uh, following a routine that you read in a magazine for the rest of your life. It doesn't mean you need to be a, le- a certain level of an athlete or, you know, look a certain way. This just means that taking care of yourself, right? Like your body. Uh, your mind, your physical well-being, and your health, that needs to be something that's part of your routine forever. So I say that because when you go into the process of adopting a health and fitness routine, every decision you make as far as what you follow or what you eat or what you do needs to be based around this idea of can I adhere to this? Can I stick to this forever? Right. Um, and, and this doesn't mean that you have to stick to a forever, but you need to be making these decisions because here's what I see a lot of guys and, and women do all the time is we latch onto these products or these, these programs the fads. that are, that are fads. Exactly. We look for the quick fix. How fast I get this question. Every question I get starts with how fast or can I lose this quick or what's the fastest or what's the quickest way mm-hmm. to get this result. And I think to myself, you already started on the wrong foot Mm. because as soon as you're looking, as soon as your brain goes, I want the quickest thing. It's like winning the lottery, bro. Right? Like go Google the lottery winners from the past 20 years. Let's see what they're looking like now. Right? Most of the time they're broke. They're either, you know, freaking, uh, homeless or they're mentally just totally screwed up. They lost friends. They lost their, they lost everything because, they overnight came into this extreme wealth and they didn't do two things. One, they didn't earn it, so they don't appreciate it. And they have no idea, number two, how to keep it because they didn't learn how to get it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So if you go about your health and fitness with trying to win the lottery, 
that's the first mistake that a lot of people make. And unfortunately, it's because you know it, it's part of society's fault too. The marketing that's out there is all geared around fast and quick and how you know how quickly I get this. Everything's speed, speed, speed. So fitness needs to be something that we just commit to for the for the forever, right? Like that's yeah. number one. Um, so yeah, as far as tangibles, man. I mean, starting out. Um, Look for the low-hanging fruit. Uh, it's kind of a common theme that I preach all the time. Um, you know, there's there's two simple things when it comes to health, and this goes back to just you know caveman days, whatever. Prior to cars, prior to all this technology, how we're built as human beings to survive comes down to two things. Number one, the movement and the the stress that we put on our body, the good stress that we put on our body, which is lifting things strengthening our body, moving, right? Using our legs. I mean, we have legs for a reason, right? If we if we were meant to lay around, we would be snakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number two is eating the right amount of food. Um, and that's the hard one, right? Like we could have a whole podcast on just nutrition. But um, if we understand that fitness at the end of the day, as much as people want to complicate it to try to sell you some crazy product and crazy bottle of pills – um, it is a very, very, very simple concept. I will also asterisk that and say it is a very, very difficult <laughs> concept. Just because something is simple doesn't make it easy. And this is definitely one of those situations. So what what are some of the shifts that somebody can make in their nutrition if they're not getting the results they want? Sure. Yeah, number one, man, and this is this is one that a lot of for some reason that there's like a mental block around this one, but I, I swear to God, the reason why there's a mental block around it is because you need to do it, right? So <laughs> number one is you need to know what you're actually doing. Like I know it's like, oh wow, that's so duh, right? But like, no, seriously, you need to know what you're eating right now. What you need to know what you're eating, what you're doing as far as activity. And what that means is you need to start tracking what you eat right? Like you need to take inventory, man. Like if I asked you, Hey, you know, if, if you're a business, how much money do you have in your bank account right now? Oh, I, you know, I have no idea. Well, what? Like how, how do you not know what's in your bank account? Like how do you pay your bills? How do you balance your money? Like, what do you do? Same is true with food. I mean, if I asked you how many, how much food do you eat? And you go, I have no idea. Well, that's number one. Like we have to establish like what do we put in our body let's let's take real honest inventory because it's going to do two things for you number one it's going to give you a real life picture a real honest view of like your eating habits which obviously are what's dictating your your body and how it's changing and or not changing and uh, it's also going to give you a place to start from because what tracking food will do is it opens your eyes to quick wins for example you know a lot of people we work with come to me and they're like yeah you know when before I started working with you, um, I had no idea how much soda I was drinking, right? Like I thought, man, like I just have one, one here and there. I realized I was having one every day, mm-hmm. right? And all we do is, hey, man, that's no problem. Like we t- totally understand a lot of people have that. So let's just change from regular soda to diet soda, right? Not saying diet soda is healthy, but diet soda has no calories. So by you eliminating a few hundred calories every day, that's a quick win to start dropping back to a level of calories that's needed for you to lose weight, Right. Um, and so it's, it's like, but we wouldn't know that if you didn't take inventory of your food. So that's number one, you got to take inventory of what you're eating right now. It's a step that all my clients go through and it's very, very worthwhile. It'll serve you for the rest of your life. So I have a, uh, a marketer <laughs> fitness friend and he calls that forced awareness. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's, you start to track it and you go, Oh, like you said, Oh crap, I've been drinking a soda a day and I didn't even really realize it. 
Yeah, and, and you know, the thing is, like, for whatever reason, people think tracking their food is just going to, like, slow them down so much. And I'm like, dude, this is where technology is great. Like, you have uh, apps on your phone that all you have to do is take two seconds and, bleep, you know, put punch it in. And it's right there on your phone so you can see exactly what you ate that day. Which one do you uh, recommend on that front? I, I reckon, uh, recommend MyFitnessPal. Okay. It's kind of the big one. Um, yeah. It's big. It's the big one for a reason. It's the best one, I think. I'll, uh, I'll just I'll make a quick note. I, I started using that uh, for a little while, and what's really helpful about that, if you haven't used it before, is it remembers what, what you typed in before, number one. Number yes. two, if you go to a new place you know, and you're out to eat with friends or whatever and you go to you know, uh, for TGI Fridays or whatever, like if you start to put in what you ate uh, – it, it takes the aggregate of what other people have put in and it'll immediately pull it up so it already has all the calorie count or whatever. So you could just say, you know, yep. you strict type in whatever that meal was. So it's very, very quick to, to add what you've eaten for the day. Okay. Here's another cool feature I'll plug real quick just while I'm thinking about it because this is something that's huge. We just recently started doing uh, the location uh, uh, feature where if you're in a certain area, you can tap the location, like a little location icon, and it'll search all the restaurants around for a meal that you know has all the calories you can kind of go oh cool i can just go quickly grab that so it's it works for you too it's not just a tracking app uh but yeah i totally totally recommend my fitness balance okay so number one inventory get getting yep. uh quote unquote forced awareness as to what's yes. what, what you're taking in uh then what's next so the second thing would be um taking a look at your natural hunger rhythms right so some people might say oh i'm hungry all day right Totally cool, like that's fine. But let's let's really narrow down, like where are you running into um, issues with being overly hungry or just being quick to reach for whatever food, right? Like, oh, I'll just grab the cheeseburger or I'll just grab this. Like, let's take an inventory of not just what you eat, but when you eat and when you're like tempted to go for the ice cream or you're just like so overly hungry that you whatever you eat a ton, ton of food, right? Because a lot of guys try to start a nutrition diet or diet or plan or whatever, and they go. You know, I'm on it for you know a couple of days, but then man, like third day, I get so hungry and I just eat whatever. We need to know these these things, right? We need to look at the habits and routines that you have currently, whether they're good or bad, and we need to be able to start working with your body, right? And what I mean by that is, if you're somebody who's like, man, I'm so hungry at night, I could eat everything, but you're force feeding yourself breakfast. Well, that doesn't make sense, right? Like, I understand people think breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and there's been a lot of like nutrition myths that have been preached to you. But we need to look at where you're going against your natural body rhythms and mm. working or not working with your natural body rhythms, right? I, I so appreciate that because so many fitness uh, gurus out there have a one size fits all, and they're like, hey, you know, I followed this methodology and, and look at the results I got and they try to force everybody down that same path and, and people do have different, you know, biochemistry yeah. and different rhythms and all that. So I, yeah, I appreciate that, uh, that flexibility to meet people where they're at. Yeah. It's so important, man. You have to, the biggest advice I can give coaches or just people in general is always start with where you are. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay to look in the past a little bit to figure out like, how did I get here? Where am I today? So that, you know, whatever you do moving forward is in line with like where you're starting for it. Like if I tell you, it's just, it's funny, like if, it's where you start a race, right? Like, okay, cool. I'm like, I'm in last place right now. Okay, great. What if I just didn't tell you what place you're in? I say, go run the race. You'd be like, okay, I'm going to do my best. Right. But then like, you have no idea if you won or lost. Right. You're just like, okay, I guess we'll see. Right. Like, no, you know, you're in the back and let's get to the front, but how are we going to get there? Right. So 
Um, the, the next thing I would say is just, once again, sticking to the theme, the low-hanging fruit, literally fruit and vegetables, right? Like, let's start eating what we know to be healthy, right? Because there's so many diets out there that tell you, oh, carbs are bad, um, you know, or, or carbs are good, uh, or butter in your coffee is, like, the way to go, or it's not the way to go. Like, there's so many, like, you know, differing opinions, we do know that vegetables are super healthy. We do know that a little bit of fruit, super healthy for you. The reason why that's so important is because by now starting to eat more of those things, you are going to just automatically feel better. It's mm -hmm. like without a doubt, you're going to feel better. Your body's going to start performing better. Uh, your energy is going to go through the roof. And what happens when you start to feel noticeable changes is self-belief starts to increase. You start to go, oh, I can actually do this. Like I starting to notice a change. Holy shit. So now I need to start really digging into this, right? Like now I'm motivated or now I'm, now I'm feeling more disciplined to get up and get my workout in because I see a difference. I feel a difference. Um, and so those things will help you with those immediate, you know, fast quote unquote results, get fruits and vegetables in your diet. That's um, such a, that's such a key piece because I think a lot of people who are struggling with fitness do apply their current mindset and emotional uh, set, if you will, emotional um, position to, gosh, I, I already feel lethargic. I already feel, you know, apathetic. I don't have the energy. How how am I going to possibly get to the gym, get, you know, do this more? Like I'm already totally exhausted and blown out. But on the nutrition side, like don't make that decision now. Sh shift the nutrition first give your body the, the proper nutrients and, and energy to then make the decision to go, oh, yeah, I have, I have a little bit more abundant energy today. Let me lean forward into taking that extra walk at lunchtime or starting to get in the gym more often. Make that decision after you get the energy because there's been many times in my own fitness experience where I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, there's no way I could do anymore right now. I'm already tapped out. I'm exhausted, but then I also look at, well, what have I been eating? It's, you know, obviously, as you know, it's like a self-perpetuating thing. Like if I'm not mentally sharp, then it's a lot easier to go for the chips and salsa than it is if I'm feeling strong and energetic and getting results, then it's like, no, I don't want to sabotage myself, you know? So it's, it's that, it's that balance and, and, and shifting into better choices so that you can continually make better choices. Yeah, totally, man. Spot on with that. Yep. Um, all right. So. Uh, we talked about mindset. We talked about inventory. We talked about natural body rhythms. Now we're talking about literally low-hanging fruit, i.e., fruits and vegetables. Um, do you have more on 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 just general fitness, or can I ask you some other questions that shift a little bit? Yeah, no. I mean, um, as far as like general fitness, you know, it's improving your energy, man. A couple things that will really help is is starting your day with hydration, right? So waking up. First thing you should do, drink water. Um, you know, to get specific, if you really want to like get granular with it, you know, room temperature water is better. Um, I won't get into the science behind it, but it just is better in the morning. Um, I'm actually, coupled with, I'm actually interested in the science behind it. Why? Why is that? Yeah, so it's it's more it's more natural for your body to have uh, um, uh, in the morning, right? So your circadian rhythm is what we're talking about here. So you wake up um, and you're trying to start your day on a positive note to improve your energy. So the first thing you want to do is hydrate with with um, uh, room temperature water because that's more of a natural temperature for the body to handle, right? Um, it's not going to be a stressor for the body to have to heat up the water that is ice cold. Um, now, that being said, an ice cold shower to get started on your day can be a, a benefit, right? Uh, but drinking uh, 
room temperature-ish water, not warm water, right? We're not talking about like a warmed up uh, cup of water here. Just a natural, like if you left a bottle of water out on the counter overnight, um, that's the temperature that we're going for. Um, that's just going to be more assimilated, easily assimilated by the body to hydrate you, to start lubricating your joints, improving your energy, getting that like blood flowing, um, and just wake you up and start to make you feel like, oh shit, yeah, man, I'm ready to go, right? So couple of that with a little bit of pink Himalayan salt in the water uh, can help get those electrolytes back to where they need to be because you just want a whole night. And most people, like hydration is low-hanging fruit too, where most people don't hydrate enough, right? They, they think, oh, I'm hydrated or whatever. I'll have a coffee um, or I'll drink some soda. Like that's got water in it, right? Well, no, you need to have just strictly water with a little bit of electrolytes via the form of uh, pink Himalayan sea salt because that doesn't have just sodium. It has a lot of other minerals that are super important for energy and function and just feeling better. Um, and then you can do a little bit of uh, squeezed uh, lemon juice in there, like a quarter of a lemon or a half a lemon at most, um, just to help with balancing out the acidity in your body. Just once again, we're talking about making you feel good so that you feel more driven to get things done with your fitness. Like that's the low-hanging fruit behind that. It's you know, not going to transform you into a cover model or anything like that. It's not going to give you ripped abs. It's just what can we do naturally to make you feel better so that you go out and then you do the things that will get you leaner, will get you healthier and sexier and all that fun stuff. Um, what does get you ripped abs? What's, <laughs> what's the quickest, fastest yeah. shortcut to getting ripped abs? <laughs> Cal- calorie deficit and weight training. So eating less calories than you burn, right, for a consistent period of time, long enough for your body to go, I don't need all that fat. I can use it for energy. For some people, that might be three months. Some people, it might be three years, right? Um, Doing that consistently, burning more calories than you eat, coupled with weight training because you also want to look good once you lose that weight. Weight training is going to stimulate muscle building, right, or muscle at least maintenance, which is super important for many health reasons, um, maintenance, whereas, you know, we're not trying to look like a 350 pound rib bodybuilder. We just want to look strong. We want to look firm, tight, whatever the terms are. Right. Um, so that once you do shred that body fat away, you're not left with just skin and bones. You have some muscle there. Mm-hmm. Um, so plus muscle is one of the best metabolically active tissues on your body. What that means is it allows you to eat more plain and simple because it needs more energy uh, to be able to stay on your body, to be able to actually live and breathe on your body, it needs more calories. So muscle tissue burn, burns more calories than anything in the body. Um, that's why the body doesn't necessarily want to gain a ton of it, right? Because it's like, wow, it's a taxing. It's like having a kid in your house that just eats everything. You're like, dude, like, can you like, <laughs> like my grocery bills like through the freaking roof, right? But that's what muscle is. So we want a little bit of it, but we don't necessarily need a lot of it, just enough to be able to look good, feel good, uh, be able to sit down, stand up, perform stuff, you know, whatever. Um, so train for muscle building with weights or with body weight that would that technically still be resistance training. Um, eat, eat the calorie deficit. And, uh, man, the last piece really when it comes to getting ripped abs fast is stay active, right? Because the more active you are, fidgeting, standing up, going for walks, the faster your body is going to burn through calories, so it'll be easier for you to trim up. Um, notice I didn't say any supplements in there. Notice I didn't say any specific diet. Every single diet that is out there utilizes a calorie deficit. That is how they get you lean. That is how they, they secretly get you uh, ripped fast. 
you burn more calories than you eat. That's it. Uh, makes sense. Um, if somebody wanted to work with – you work with people virtually, right? Yeah, that's 95% of my business. Okay, so if somebody wanted to work with you, A, where would they go? And then B, what does that look like? Yeah, so the best place to uh, learn more about working with me would be two, two ways. One, you can connect with me on social media, so at Josiah Fitness uh, on pretty much everything, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Shoot me a message. I respond to every single message. Um, I, I enjoy interacting with everybody that reaches out. Um, or you can just go to my website, which is uh, our business that we run called thetruetransformation.com. So that's thetruetransformation.com, and you can just go to programs, and there's a coaching application that you can fill out if you feel like there might be a good fit there. Um, our process is a uh, one that we want to be very thorough with you, right? So want to know where you are now, what you want to accomplish, why you want to accomplish it, what's driving you forward right now, what are you trying to you know overcome, and uh, we'll have just a consultation and we can take it from there, Matt. It's pretty straightforward. Um, I, I can't uh, endorse you enough. I mean, I've... I've had the pleasure of getting to know you a little bit more obviously on this call but in in kansas city and hearing a little bit more about your story and perhaps more importantly the character that it takes to be transparent and the courage and the strength that it takes to be transparent with some difficult things and share that um message in a healthy productive way is just truly inspirational and uh and for anybody that's in not just the physical coaching space, but just frankly any coaching. And, and I'm saying this to myself right now too, like the power in transparency is so impactful and uh, you do it with strength and uh, I really admire that and it's inspirational. Um, so when it, But when it comes to actual physical fitness, your ability to share your why and your purpose and your story really, I think, opens up opportunity for, for people to come in. And it also lets me know, if I'm a potential client of yours, that, that that's on your radar. And, and, and for me, like that's really important because I don't want a, a fitness coach to just come to me and just hammer me, like, just do it, roll up your sleeves, got to do it. I want, I want them to be aware that there is a drive underneath it and what is that drive. So for you to articulate that and, and identify that in that application process – uh, is is very important, at least for me, and and I think for many others as well. Um, I, before we uh, before we wrap up here, I'd be, I'm curious to hear what your answer to this next question is. Is how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered for the way I made people feel. Um, I want to be remembered for all of the ways that lives and potentially generations of lives were changed simply by latching on to the lowest hanging fruit that is health and fitness. Um, that's how I want to be remembered from a public standpoint. Um, truthfully, if I'm being a hundred percent honest with you, man, um, I don't give a shit about anything else as far as fame, as far as how much money I made. Um, those things are great in the moments. But long term, what I honestly, if I, if I had a gun to my head and someone said, you only get one thing that you'll be remembered as, I just want to be remembered as a good dad. Mm. That's it. Well, I'll tell you That's what, it, brother, man. you you, uh, you have more than flipped the script. You're writing a whole symphony here, and 
you're you're not just changing your son's lives. You're you're really impacting a lot of other people's lives too in the, in the process. I appreciate that, man. It means a lot. Yeah, for sure. Well, we will uh, we will stay in touch for sure. I'm I'm actually you know I'm uh, I'm not shredded to the point where I I'm not ready for a 300 poster quite. <laughs> I yet. met you, man. You're pretty you're pretty in shape. Well, it's been a long winter, dude, and I, I always fall <laughs> off the wagon. Like Christmas cookies hit. Winter. I'm, I'm like, ah, I'm screwed. <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get back up to speed, and and uh, so I'll be reaching out here shortly. Oh man, anything you need, man, I, I got you covered. Don't worry. All right. Again, that's thetruetransformation.com, or you can find Josiah on any social media channel at Josiah Fitness. Josiah, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. This has been a hell of a call. Oh, man, thank you so much for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. All right. I'm humbled by the experience. So thanks again, man.